Hey everyone, welcome to episode 91, Calzone and Coke. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. So isn't that a fun title? But before I start talking about the title, which hopefully piques some curiosity, do you know that peaked is spelled P-I-Q-U-E-D? What? I just learned that like a couple years ago and I was blown away. See, the learning never stops. So we are going to start with a review and it's from Evelyn, who is such a blessing. And she says, oh, you are such a blessing. God keeps using you to help others. And that's exactly what all of us have been put on this earth to do, to be the vessel in his word and his gifts. And it's so scary, but it's almost like a responsibility to pay it forward, whatever your gift is. Because whenever I think about not sharing or not putting myself out there, because I just wanna lay on the couch and watch Netflix, then I'm like, that's so selfish to keep this to myself. And I have a quote, we're gonna talk about anger in our children. A lot of you like the red light, green light because it's a great visual and it's a great visual to teach the kids because the more that you can give them authority over how to manage their emotions, the more they're gonna be able to manage their emotions. I know that sounds so crazy and so simple, but it's really the truth, like giving them strategies of what to do. I love this quote. It says, do not teach your children never to be angry. Teach them how to be angry. And that quote is by Lyman Abbott. So I love that quote because I think the more that we can teach our kids how to manage their tricky emotions, notice I never call them negative emotions because they're part of the human experience. Then the more you teach them to manage them, then they have authority over them and they don't think that something's gone wrong. Because the reason why I called this calzone or coke is because I talked about it in previous podcasts about the Be Cool program that we did in Naples. And it was so powerful for kids because they could see like, oh, okay, those are the emotions that make me feel hot. And then those are the emotions that make me feel cold. And sometimes you'll have a default emotions for your kids. Like you might go straight to anger or your kids might go straight to pouting or you might go straight to guilt. Guilt is your default emotion when it's a tricky emotion. And so when you know that, then you can teach that to your kids too. And a lot of times kids have their go-to emotion and none of them are wrong. That's the best news. We know that behavior is always a language. So then you can kind of see patterns in your kids of what emotion they go to the most. It doesn't mean that something's gone wrong. It's just part of who they are and their DNA and their temperament. And the more we can teach them about that, like being cool, it's okay to get hot, it's okay to get cold. And how do we reset it back to cool? Because that's the goal. We want to change the behavior, but we never want to change the emotion. We want to teach them that this is part of the human experience. Nothing's gone wrong. I'm not going to freak out when you're freaking out because if I freak out when you're freaking out, then I'm just going to teach you that something's gone wrong and it's awful and horrible and terrible and I'm freaking out, so you need to freak out even more. It's literally gas on the fire. And like Tony Robbins says, what you resist will only persist. And a lot of kids are trying very hard to manage their emotions, but they don't know how. And I use the example of teaching math or reading because we teach them a ton of strategies. Grady and I have been doing math facts in the car and he's doing mental math of like 78 times four. 
and he'll come up with the answer and it's usually right. I'm like, bro, how did you do that? He's like, oh, I say 70 times four is this and that. And he tells me how he's doing it. I'm like, what are you talking about? He can break apart numbers and he can manipulate them and he can play with them. And he does it in ways that I can't even describe. It's like, oh, I did 78 and I just added it four times or I did 70 and I added, I'm just amazed because I was taught to memorize and then carry and kids are being taught such different strategies these days, which is amazing because they can pull apart numbers. They know that 78 means there's seven tens and eight ones. That really was foreign to me. They tried to teach it to me. I didn't understand place value as a kid. And maybe because math wasn't my strong suit growing up, but he'll tell us the strategy that he did and David be like, oh yeah, that's a good one. I do this. And then Lily be like, oh, that's a good one. I do this. And I'm like, what? I need paper. I need a calculator. So it's so fascinating to see how he breaks apart numbers and how he breaks apart the problem and tackles it head on. But it's completely different than the way that I do it. And a lot of times we want our kids to be just like us, but then our kids aren't just like us. What do we do then? What do we do then if they're not like us? Most kids won't be like you. And that's a good thing because we don't want robots. We don't want Stepford children. We don't want clones. We want them to be who they are. Their only job in life is to be who they are not the best version, just be who they are. Because then you take the pressure off them to achieve, to always have the great manners and the great behavior and always manage their emotions and get the straight A's and be amazing at sports because that's so much pressure. It's like walking life on a tight wire, but that's not the goal. Accepting the as is of all the things, then you can get super curious and you don't get so furious when they're getting upset. I think that you really like the red light, green light analogy because the more you can have analogies to teach your kids, then they can kind of visualize their feelings. And I love this quote. You're gonna love this quote too. It's by Dr. Siegel. You ready for this? When you have big emotions and you teach your kids and you teach yourselves how to kind of feel your feelings, which isn't really taught when we were growing up. And he says, you have to name it to tame it. Ooh, I like that. You know, I like when things are catchy. And so that's why I named this Calzone and Coke because the more you can give kids the visuals of what's going on, the less they're gonna freak out. They're freaking out because we're freaking out. They're freaking out because they think that the house is on fire and we're just putting gas on the fire. Instead of seeing ourselves as the diffuser, saying things like, I'm staying calm to help you stay calm. The more upset they are, the calmer you are. Because remember, you're detaching your ego, you're detaching your fear, you're detaching the little girl inside of you and the little boy inside of you. Because when we freak out, when they're freaking out, that just comes from lack and fear. Because if it was someone else's child, we would not be freaking out when they freak out. You'd be like, wow, that kid's having some big feelings. Okay, what are we gonna do about it? And so one of our listeners listened to Red Light, Green Light, and she really liked that. Rachel, who's listening right now, she made a color chart of red, orange, yellow, green, blue, and purple. It's so cute because the little boy, her little boy, her five-year-old, will put his picture next to the emotion that he's feeling. And she said that it's helped a lot because literally when you can name it, you can tame it. But when you're having a red light moment, you can't think clearly. Just like we can't, they can't times a million. So if we remember that, we're like, oh, okay, they're having a hard time not giving me a hard time. And I love this quote. She says, anger is a cover-up emotion. It always is covering up a true emotion. In fact, it is often called a secondary emotion because it is a defense mechanism and used to cover up your true feelings. Now, we know when we see anger in children, we get freaked out when nothing has gone wrong. That's what I want to encourage you, that your kids don't need to be happy all the time. And it's good that they have human emotions because then you can teach them what to do when they have human emotions. What do you do when you have human emotions? A lot of us don't know what we do when we have human emotions. So I'm gonna teach you how to feel your feelings. How fun is that? Now it's a hard sell because you're gonna have to take away your buffers and you're gonna have to take away your vices. Remember, kids don't have vices. So think about how hard it is for you. I know it is for me at 46. And I have some vices, but I try to keep my vices healthy, like exercising, meditating, journaling, praying, Epsom baths. I love my sauna. 
Those are all ways to kind of get that energy flowing and get it moving and grooving. But our kids have no strategies for the most part. And so some kids are stuffers. And that's why I called it calzone because think about a calzone. You just stuff it and stuff it and stuff it and stuff it and stuff it until all of a sudden you pop. And some kids are like Coke where you shake it up, shake it up, shake it up, shake it up, and then boom, explosion. Or think about throwing a Mentos in a Coke bottle. So if you have a calzone child or a Coke kid or a combination of both, which most kids are, that is completely normal. But if you can be light and fluffy about the way that you're talking about it, it doesn't make them feel so bad about feeling bad because we're not getting mad that they're getting mad. We're not getting sad that they're getting sad. We're not doubling up on the emotion. We're holding the space for them that this is completely normal. Nothing's gone wrong because we talked about it in red light, green light. You're going to be modeling that quite a bit. And then when it happens for them, we're not freaking out that they're freaking out because they will freak out. My kids freak out every day and that's okay. We were on the way to school today and Grady was freaking out because he has, it's called the Iowa test and he had to be there by eight o'clock. Our map quest said we were gonna be there by 7.40. No biggie, we had 20 minute buffer. Life is good. He likes to go early. He likes to play four square before school. Life is good. Until there was an accident, there was a detour and he starts panicking. Even though we have a 20 minute buffer and I'm like, we're fine, bro. I looked on the map. It said we're still gonna be there. We're just gonna be a little delayed. But he started to go in the red zone. He started to go to red light and we're at a red light. I'm like, look at that, we're at a red light and you're having a red light. Now, sometimes they don't wanna joke around. Sometimes they do. You have to kind of do that dance and then talk about their feelings when they're in the yellow zone. Like, where do you feel it? What's going on for you? This is where I feel it. Are you feeling worried that you're gonna miss the test? Or are you feeling nervous that all those eyeballs are gonna be staring at you when you walk in? I'm nervous. What if I miss the test? If I miss the test, I'm gonna have to repeat fourth grade. Like, what would that be like to repeat fourth grade? And I'm helping him get back to the green light while we're talking about where he's feeling it. He's like, my stomach feels like it's all in knots. I can't stop the tears and I'm starting to panic. I'm like, oh, I know how that feels. That is the most comforting thing you can say to your child when they're upset, especially when they're not upset at you. Then it's super fun. Lily, on the other hand, gets upset with me and I have to still hold the space. I just have to agree with everything. Oh, you're mad at me. Oh, you're worried about being late. I get it. I get it. And then later when she's back in the green light, like, what happened there, girlfriend? Do you see my head? It's completely chopped off. Not, I need to sit down. This is ridiculous. You build connection after the fact. And so I'm like, are you yellow? Are you red? He's like, I'm so red right now. Stop talking about it. I'm like, okay, okay. I'm here if you need me. And he's rubbing his eyes, rubbing his eyes. He's like, I wish you could tickle me right now or put me in a headlock and give me a noogie. I'm like, oh my goodness, that would be amazing. I'm driving the car. I could pull over. No, no, no. I'm like, I'm just kidding. And I knew we weren't going to be late. The traffic was so minor, but I'm not going to talk reasoning into him saying, there's no way you're going to be late. There's no way. I mean, of course I said that, but that's not the goal. The goal is to help him get into his logical frame of mind. And he also doesn't know the roads. He doesn't know how far away the school is. And once we get to this road, then it's just a right turn, then a left turn and everything's clear. I showed him on the map, didn't matter. He's in the red zone. He's having a red light moment. The worst thing I can do is turn yellow or red with him. I said, do you feel like a bottle of Coke or do you feel like a calzone stuff and stuff? He's like, I'm a Coke, I'm exploding. Think about the Coke, the Coke explodes. So that's more of a hot emotion. If you're seeing kids with a lot of anger, a lot of aggression, a lot of hitting, that's more your Coke kind of kid. In calm waters, do the demonstration with a bottle of Coke or Sprite or Dr. Pepper or any type of soda. I've done it with LaCroix and say, this is what happens when you are so angry, so angry, so angry and it's building and it's building and then pop and you open it up outside. It's so funny, but it helps the kids to see in a fun way what happens when they're freaking out and they're becoming a Coke kid. And then there's also the stuffers and those are the Calzone kids. Calzone, they get quiet, they pull away, they sulk, they pout. 
They cry, but they're not crying with such aggression. I have one of each. I have a calzone and a coke kid, and that's okay. And they vacillate between the two. It's probably 75-25 for one child and then 75-25 for the other child, meaning one's 75% calzone, the other one's 75% coke. But it's a fun and light and fluffy way of talking about it. And I love that they both start with C because I love alliteration. And you're teaching your kids. They're naming it, they're claiming it, and then they're able to tame it. But if we pile on guilt and shame because it makes us uncomfortable that they're uncomfortable, it's gas on the fire. How do I know? Because I used to do that every single stinking honking time. I still do it. I just don't do it as often. And then I have to see, oh, what'd that bring up for me? I was heading to the yellow zone. I was having a yellow light moment. I couldn't get out of yellow. I was going straight to red. And Dr. Siegel does a much better way of describing it. He says, when you're in high drama and intense emotional response, your limbic brain starts pumping stress hormones to your muscles to tighten and prepare you for action. This fight or flight mechanism is deeply wired inside your nervous system and takes over. This is a good thing. You need this part of your brain to work. The other day I was running at the park and all of a sudden I saw a loose dog and I didn't know if the dog was dangerous or the dog was just lost. Was he rabid? He seemed unsettled by the fact that I was running. So then I started walking. He didn't seem to like that. So I'm kind of doing this dance with him. Like, are you dangerous? But during that time, I could feel the cortisol just being pumped out through my brain. And I pulled out my mace just in case. Oh, that rhymes. I didn't think I was going to need it. But just in case he was a rabid dog like Cujo, all I thought of was the dog Cujo, the movie Cujo. He looked pretty friendly. I knew I probably wouldn't have to use it, but I didn't know. And my brain went into fight or flight. And because I'm aware of it, I was able to kind of think logically like, holy cow, this is a problem. Okay, if you've got a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out my hook while my DJ revolves it. Ice, ice. I love that song because I say that line all the time. That's one of Grady's favorite songs. And so you need that part of your brain. Nothing has gone wrong. Sometimes it's overly stimulated. It might be from past chaos of a childhood filled with a lot of chaos, a lot of anger, and a lot of aggression. So your nervous system might be very, very quick to go there. And that's okay because when you know this, it's just like Dr. Siegel says, when you can name it, then you can tame it. Awareness is everything. And he says, once you're having a strong emotional reaction, the next step is describe it or name it, whether you say it to yourself or out loud. For example, saying something like, I'm feeling very angry. I have a tight ball of nerves in my gut. The more you can label it, that's why I'm always asking my kids, like, where do you feel it? Sometimes I can have those conversations when they're in yellow. Sometimes not so much. Sometimes the conversation happens afterwards. Like once we were in the clear and we knew that, okay, okay, we're gonna be there. It's gonna be 747 when we get there. We got 13 minutes of buffer and it's smooth sailing from here. Then I can have the conversations like, woo, I'm in green, what about you? That was a tough one. And we're kind of on that journey together. I said, I started to feel yellow when you started to feel red because I felt so bad for you. I felt so much empathy and compassion. What's empathy? Empathy is when you feel very sad for someone else's sadness. Like Grady, when you were two, you would be at the grocery store and you would have someone 15 rows over a baby crying and you'd be, mommy, stop, mommy, stop, mommy, stop. Make the baby stop crying. You had so much empathy for the baby 15 rows over. You are so strong with your empathy. You were given an extra dose of empathy when you were born. He's like, really? I said, yeah, and I have a lot of empathy too. So when you're in the red, I can feel myself going in the yellow, not because I'm upset with you, but I feel so bad for you that I know how worried you are. And I don't know how to help you in that time. What can I do to help? Where do you feel it in your body? He's like, I just felt like there was huge butterflies in my belly. I'm like, oh, I've had those two before soccer games. And my grandpa used to tell me that butterflies are good. He's like, what? He said, that means that you care about the soccer game. He's like, I've never heard that before. So we're having this huge discussion. He doesn't know he's learning. It's very on the fly. Not sit down, I wanna talk to you about empathy. The moments of teaching usually are the teachable moments that you're not expecting. And when you can say in the green light and you're not Calzone and you're not Coke, you're just who you are, 
then you can have those conversations because your mind is clear. And when it's not, that's okay too. Because then you can talk about that process with your kids. So they don't think that you're a Stepford mother or a Stepford father and you never have human emotions. So you want to visualize your emotions as much as possible, naming it, talking to yourself. And when you're hovering over your emotions, this is Dr. Siegel, it gives your executive brain time to kind of filter, organize, be reactive, and have a calmer response. Like when I was pulling out the mace, I was still taking action. It's not like you lay on the bed and journal and meditate, but you can think clearly like, okay, I don't think I'm in danger. I might be in danger. This is fight or flight. And so if this situation happens, I could think clearly. That is why I always talk about the power and the pause and accepting the as is. Because in the as is, your brain is going to go to, this shouldn't be happening. My child always is a Coke. My child's always a calzone. And then the pause is where you can talk to your brain and say, oh, this is when I get to show up. This is what Kelly's talking about. I want them to have human emotions. Okay, this is good. And you can practice on the kid that doesn't trigger you as much. That's fun to practice. And you can also practice on emotions that don't trigger you as much. Because like anger, that's not my default emotion. So that doesn't trigger me as much. The Coke kids, please. It's so harmless because that's not my go-to. I'm not a big thrower and freaking her out and a lot of anger. So I can hold the space there. It's a little bit harder for me with the calzone because I'm a calzone. So it's a lot harder, but I can practice on the Coke emotions when they're exploding. And then it makes it a lot easier when the calzone, nobody loves me. I'm not good enough. You love my sister more. You love my brother more. You don't love me anymore. And they get sulky and quiet and pouty and that's okay because that's their way of managing their emotions. That's still a red light moment, a yellow light moment. That's still an opportunity to connect because when they're back in the green, you will be amazed how much closer you feel to that child because you were able to hold the space. You feel almost like high-fiving yourself. Like, that was amazing. Look at me go. And I asked on Facebook, and you guys are amazing with your examples because you come up with so many things I would never even think of. I said, help me brainstorm things that could be stuffed, like a pillow, a stuffed animal, et cetera. Because I love Calzone and Coke because my kids are older. But if you have a two-year-old, they don't know what Calzone is. So like what Rachel did, just doing colors, happy, sad, mad. So this is where you get to plug and play and get your own creative juices spinning. And you know your child best because I'm not your child's guru. You are your child's guru. No one knows that child better than you. So this podcast is all about plug and play because I know that the brain will say, well, uh, we have a two-year-old. They don't know what Calzone is, so we can't do this at all. You say, I know, brain. I know you're trying to stop me from growth. I know. That's okay. We need to feel to heal. That's okay. Because when you can tell your brain like, oh, this is anger. It's a vibration going through my body. You can name it, you claim it, and then you tame it. That can all happen. And sometimes it happens after. A lot of people are sleeping with mommy guilt because it happens after, and then it just rinse repeat. And then you'll start catching it during, and then you'll start catching it before where it won't even dawn on you to snap yellow bark. And if it happens, that's okay too, because you're a human being and you're having a human experience. And so you can have that same after talk with your child, except instead of saying, where did you feel it? This is where I felt it. What did you see in me when that was happening? And then you're building connection over a really messy, stressful moment. Mess and stress is not bad. That's part of the human experience. So you came up with a lot of good ideas. So take these, make them your own, and see what connects with your kids. I just like alliteration. That's why I did Calzone and Coke. You might not even like alliteration. So you came up with things like bell peppers, stuffed pepper, artichokes, a belly, a cupcake can be stuffed, a pinata. Oh, I like that. Brittany says, clearly my mind is on food. I love that. Stuff shells, olives, stuff a turkey. Oh, I love that one. I missed that one. Hot cocoa bombs, bonbon candy. She can only think of chocolate. I love it. Pack a suitcase. Oh my goodness. Your sinuses can be stuffed. A closet under the bed. Our faces with all the stuffed foods. Your stomach, burritos, your mouth, a bra. If you have older kids, you could have some fun with this. 
couch cushions, manicotti, stuffed shells, cannoli, eggplant, pork chops, chicken breasts, bath bombs, empanada. Oh, stuff a Build-A-Bear, stuff a pizza crust, another pinata, stuff a handbag, a purse. Oh my goodness, you guys are amazing. Stuffed animals, stuffed shirts, pork chop, jalapenos, stuffed tortilla, aka a pupusa. Am I saying that right? A fridge, a scarecrow, stuff a mouth, stomach. You could stuff an envelope. I love that. Stuff a closet, stuff a car trunk. My goodness, you guys are amazing. Stuff your feelings. Go, Deb. That's what I'm getting to. It's all about stuffing our feelings. You're going to have a stuffer and you're going to have an exploder and you're going to have a combination of both. No child is always a stuffer and no child is always an exploder. Your stuffers, which are completely normal, will be stuffing, 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 stuffing until all of a sudden it will be like you peel the banana wrong and they flip out. A lot of times when we teach our kids to stuff their emotions, that's why they freak out when we peel the banana wrong because they've been holding it in, holding it in, holding it in. It's like holding under that beach ball underneath water like Brooke talks about. It doesn't work. Stuff cabbage, stuff a bra, stuff French toast. Go Michelle, I've never even heard of that. Stuff a stocking, Jen Vargas, let's go. Stuff a deer, oh, that's, yeah, lots of taxidermy. Stuff a mouth, stuff a train, a classroom. Stuff raviolis, you could say, are you being a ravioli? Are you feeling like a ravioli right now? When you kind of relate it to something kind of silly and light and fluffy, then it kind of lightens up the mood a little bit. Because we want to keep things light and fluffy, even when they're having big emotions. Not that you're mocking them, not that you're making fun of them, but it's kind of helping them because you're having a green light moment. So if you start talking about manicotti and raviolis, that's pretty fun. You stuff a belly after eating, stuffed up nose, stuff a taco, stuff a pig, stuff crust pizza, stuff a mailbox, stuff pockets, stuff tight pants. So those are super fun. And then ask your kids, hey, if we're having some moments, what do you relate to most? A calzone, ravioli, or stuffed pizza, or a burrito? A burrito would be fun. Are you feeling like a burrito right now? Again, you're not doing it and mocking them and you're not making fun of them. You're just holding the space and you're just completely chill, calm, cool, and collected. Then I asked, help me brainstorm things that can explode like a volcano and fireworks. And you said a temper, a toilet, a booty, a mouth. Rochelle says soda in a freezer, biscuits in a can, hose with a thumb over it, diet Coke with menthos. Ooh, that's good. Pop rocks, bath bombs. You can pop a tire, pop champagne, pop a grenade, pop food in the microwave pop something in the chemistry lab, pop a diaper, your pizza rolls could explode. Temper, yes, that's what we're talking about, the exploding temper. Exploding bottle rocket, explosive diarrhea, explosion of food in the microwave, shaking up soda. Anything you can add Mentos to, I didn't know that. A soda bottle that's been shook up. Me when I haven't had coffee. That's a great way to end it, Elizabeth, yes. So think of different ways to describe the stuffer and the exploder, not when they're in the red light moment because that's not a time to have a rational conversation. Remember, they're drunk on emotion. You've been drunk on emotion before too. You know how that feels. Think about when you are drunk on emotion and you call a girlfriend or you call a friend or you call your mom or you call your dad or you call your greedy, greedy grandpappy and you're like, I just need to vent. I just need to get this off my chest, blah, blah, blah. And you just go, 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 go. And they're like, oh, I know how you feel. You're like, oh, you do? You felt that way too. And sometimes they give you a similar experience. You're like, what? You felt this way too? So remember, we're detaching the ego. We're naming it so they can tame it. We're normalizing it as much as humanly possible. And then when they're in yellow and green, you kind of play it out and you know the child who's a stuffer or the child who's an exploder. You can sometimes use funnier words. Everything's light and fluffy. Nothing's gone wrong. This is what Kelly's talking about. And then you're teaching them what to do. So then the next time it happens, you've taught them some strategies of fun ways and also naming it. It's a vibration going through your body. It doesn't feel very good, does it? I've had that vibration go through too because they literally think that the dog is going to attack them at the park in that moment. So the calmer you are, the more connection you're gonna make. And when you have connection, you'll have cooperation. 
Another little fun fact about our podcast, and I say ours, is I just learned how to run some stats. I had no idea. And guess what? We've had 113,000 downloads of this podcast. Are you kidding me right now? What is going on? Every time you download an episode to listen to it, that's what that number represents. So wouldn't it be fun to get to a million downloads? Now, the only way we can get our podcast to a million downloads is with your help. So screenshot this episode or another episode or just the thumbnail of our podcast, put it in your stories, put it on your social media and tag me because I think we should do something fun like a giveaway or something like that around the 100th episode and see how fast we collectively can get to a million downloads together because this is not my podcast. This is our podcast. I would not be here if it wasn't for you. And you probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for me because I'd just, you'd just be listening to air. And it's so cool to think of all of you like working out. My friend Katie's listening to our podcast while she's riding her bike. Some of you are while you're in the car, some of when you're in the bathtub, some of you while you're doing chores. That is so cool. So tag me and tell me what you were doing when you're listening to our podcast. I'm so curious. And it just helps me visualize like what is going on right now for you? Are you running? You're trying to push through? Are you falling asleep? Are you waking up? Are you in the bathtub? Are you in the car? Are you ignoring your kids to hang out with me? Tell me all the things. This is judgment-free zone. We're all in this together. It's okay for your kids not to be happy all the time. And we're gonna teach them to name it, claim it, so they can tame it. I love you guys and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.